First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Let's read the verses. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Just as in our passage last week, our passage this week begins with the word therefore. Here in chapter 2, Peter is following up on God's charge that we read in chapter 1, the end of chapter 1. Peter is following up on God's charge to each one of us that as obedient children who do not conform to the evil desires that we had when we lived in ignorance, as obedient children who live in reverent fear of the Lord, and as obedient children who love one another deeply from the heart, we must be holy because God is holy. We must be holy so that we can draw near to a holy God. We must be holy not because of fear of punishment if we're not holy, but because we crave to be with God to be in His presence, to be loved by Him. And because we know from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, that without holiness, we cannot even see God. That's what the Word is reminding us. And so God is not saying be holy for any other reason than to say, I want you to be with me. And because I'm holy, you also be holy so that you can come and be with me. You can draw near to me. It is that same craving that intense desire for spiritual life that is expressed here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. P Peter states that we must crave. We, we would, you know, how many of you will speak of a chocolate craving? You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain the word, right? We must crave. That's what the Bible is saying. We must crave the pure which means unadulterated, not mixed with water or something else, not thinned out, right? We must crave the pure, unadulterated, spiritual milk like newborn babies. Without milk, a newborn baby will die. There's no other option. You can't like say, well, you know, I'll give it some juice only. I'll give some, something else. I'll mash it up. I'll make it like milk. You, know, I, you have to give milk to the baby. There is no other option. In a similar way, Peter is saying we are entirely dependent on God to feed us and to nurture us when we are born again, when we are spiritual newborns. There is no other option. Without spiritual milk, we will die. So if you say, oh yeah, I'm born again. I've accepted the Lord Jesus. But if I ask you the question, are you feeding on the spiritual milk of the Lord? 
Are you craving the spiritual milk of the Lord? And you say, I never heard of that. Then you've got to be careful. You've got to be on guard because that is not a sign of healthy life. If you remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, Paul chides the Corinthians. He scolds them and he says, I fed you with milk, not solid food or meat, for you were not ready for it, and even now you're not yet ready. Now, Peter here is not contradicting what Paul said, and he's not, Peter is not saying you should only have milk, not meat. He's not referring to that. Paul, Peter is referring to the nutrients of spiritual milk as a critical need for the early stages of our spiritual life. And Peter, just like Paul, is referring then to the subsequent need for spiritual growth and maturity. In verse 2, Peter is stating here, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So what is the picture here? You're a newborn baby. You've come to know the Lord. You need to have the milk of the spiritual milk of the Lord. You need to be craving it, desiring it. But as you do that, there is a need for growth. You're not remaining as a newborn baby. Right? If, if that is the case, if we looked at a newborn baby, and no matter how much milk it's being fed, it is not growing, we would say something is wrong. And so that's what Peter is pointing to. As we grow in our salvation, in our relationship with our Savior, in and as we consume, our ability to consume and to live not only by milk but also by solid foods also grows. So we grow, we develop, we mature, we are able to consume more. And in Hebrews chapter 5 and chapter 6, it makes it clear, we initially learn and apply the elementary doctrines of the faith. We say, this is what the Lord is, who the Lord is, what he means, what he wants me to do, what he wants me to obey. But as we grow and mature in our relationship with the Lord, the Bible tells us we grow in discernment and by constant practice learn to distinguish good from evil. The newborn has no ability to do that. The newborn is not able to distinguish between what is good and evil. But as we grow in the Lord, that is going to be the mark, that is going to be a measure, that's a, a way in which we can see whether we are truly growing or not. Are we able to discern between good and evil? Or is it all confusing? Oh, I don't know what I should do. I don't know whether this is the right thing or not. If that's the case, then there's a need for spiritual maturity. Now, from what Peter states before and after this reference to spiritual milk, Peter is making it very clear that what God shares with us of his nature, of his knowledge, of his character, of his goodness, of his truth, this is what we would receive. All of God is revealed to us and it is primarily revealed to us in his living and enduring word. That's what we looked at even last week. That all of this is made possible. All of this is readily provided to us through his living and enduring word. What is revealed in the word of God is then reinforced 
through the testimony and exhortation of others and the direct ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will remind you of what I have said. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher, he will be your counselor, he will be your guide, but he's not doing something that is separate from or different from the word of God that has been spoken to you. That's why Peter, Paul, all of these apostles, all of the ones who were spreading the gospel message, they said, look, even if somebody comes along, even if an angel comes along, even if I start to say something to you that's different from this, don't believe it. Don't receive it because there is the word of God that has been given to you that gives you all that you need, that provides this true message of the word of the Lord and reveals the Lord to you. And so in order to live, in order to grow, we must crave, we must crave the pure word of God that provides both instruction and example, both the theory and the practice that we can learn and apply. It's not just, oh yeah, yeah, I know that the Bible is there, I know that the Word of God is there, but that we would say, Lord, I crave to receive this Word of God so that I may learn it and apply it, so that I may live by it. When we consume and live by the simple and readily accessible truths of the Word of God, Regarding salvation and holiness, like a newborn baby eagerly consumes and lives by milk, then, or as we continue to do that, we start to consume and live by the deeper truths of the Word of God regarding all areas of life. A newborn baby doesn't worry about career choices or what to wear or, you know, how to, you know, address the leaking faucet. I mean... Uh, newborn baby doesn't care about any of that. But as you are getting into adulting, whatever age you are now, you better be adulting. But when you're getting into that and you say, oh, now I'm an adult, I have to take care of it. Now you start worrying about all sorts of things. And the Bible is saying to you, uh, you you're not worrying, you just, you know, you're focused on many things. The Bible is saying to you, when you're a newborn baby, all you know is these simple truths and you're doing these things. Fine, great, wonderful, grow. But as you mature in the Lord, go into what the Word of God is saying so that you can distinguish between good and evil and that you can apply this Word of God to all areas of your life. The Word of God is not restricted to what you do on a Sunday morning in a church. The Word of God applies to your career. The Word of God applies to your health. The Word of God applies to your marriage. The Word of God applies to your parenting. The Word of God applies to how you deal with your neighbor. The Word of God applies to your political choices. The Word of God applies to all areas of life. And if you're not consuming that Word of God, craving it, receiving it, living by it, those areas of life are not impacted in the right way. They will now be influenced by all sorts of other things. Not of God, but of the world, of your own flesh, and of the devil. So that is why Peter is making this statement that we would do this. So growing up in the Lord by consuming the life-giving nutrients of the spiritual milk and foods that the Lord provides requires something from us. Because we have to make room for what God provides. If, you're, if your stomach is full, you can't receive more food. You can try, but, you know, you can't, right? 
you have to have room for what the Lord provides. And then we have to, uh, so, we, so the point there is we don't fill ourselves with what is not milk. We fill ourselves with what the Lord provides, the spiritual milk. We crave this pure spiritual milk and food of the Word of God. But then Peter uses a second metaphor. He says, we must also put away what's on us so that we may put on what the Lord offers. Right? We would take off all these things that are sort of restricting us or in the way, and we would put on what the Lord offers. And in that context, he says, we must rid ourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Now, now these things have lots of overlap, right? These, these words have a lot of overlap in terms of what they mean. But if you think about malice, this is general wickedness. This is a vicious disposition that seeks to injure others. You, 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 just, you just think evil. You know, you, you, you're wanting to hurt somebody all the time kind of thing. Right? Malice, ill will toward others. When you think of deceit, this is guile, treachery, deliberate dishonesty. You know, when you think about pure spiritual milk, that is associated with unadulterated milk. Well, deceit would be what is corresponding to or associated with adulterated sources. It's fooling you. It's making you think that you're getting real milk, but you're not. So deceit, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is pretense, including pretended love, acting insincerely, envy, Jealousy, envy is jealousy or just resentful discontent. How can you be a contented person? You know, when you're in the Lord, when you have your life found in Him, when there's godliness that's defining your actions and your thoughts and what your desires are, then there's a contentment in God that is great gain for you. But when you don't do that, when you're living, allowing envy or jealousy to come in, and you look and compare yourself with somebody else, there is discontent. And then slander of every kind is evil speaking, backbiting, lying about others, defaming somebody's character. You know, all sorts of things that come at these ways. When the Lord makes us holy, He clothes us with the robes of righteousness. Not that we made for ourselves but that He provides. He covers us over with the robes of righteousness. He covers us over with the clean white garments. The Bible has that imagery. And He covers us over with the blood of Jesus. He is doing this work in us so that we are cleansed, we are made new. And when the Lord is doing that, when the Lord is providing in that way, what the Lord provides in terms of these garments should replace the filthy rags of negative emotions of our evil thoughts and ungodly practices, these things that we're talking about or that are listed here, these ungodly practices that keep us from God and the children of God. Because think about it, these words that, that Peter is going through, this is not just directed at other people, these are in fact what grieve the heart of the Lord. And even as we come against other people, we're coming against the Lord. When, when Jesus confronts uh, Saul, Paul, he says, you are 
hitting me. You are persecuting me. You are, you know, affecting me. Even though Paul was directing all of his actions towards people. So here, the point that I want to make is that, you know, when we are indulging in ungodly practices, they keep us from God and they keep us from the children of God. The solution or means by which we can get rid of these thoughts and practices is through our passionate devotion to God. As we worship Him, as we obey Him, as we give Him all of our strength, as we give Him our will, our emotion, our thoughts, our desires, as we are filled with the presence and the power of God, then malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander cannot remain. You don't have to go doing a whole bunch of deliberate things about those negative emotions. Seek out the Lord and focus on that which is positive, pure, unad unadulterated, the life that He has. Stay there. And when you do that, when there is passionate devotion to the Lord, all the other things recede. All the other things fall away. All the other things are just emptied. That's the power of the Word of God. That we can say, Lord God, I worship you. I come to you. I look to you. And then when I'm devoted to you, all things fall into place. Now here, what Peter is stating is almost identical to what Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I'm going to read through this because it summarizes a lot of what we're just talking about in this passage. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17 says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, what we heard reference to even before. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony." And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God.
And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Preacher's job is very easy. You just have to stand and read scripture. Isn't it? I mean, isn't it just wonderful what the word of God says? It summarizes all these points and makes such a great and wonderful way to say, this is how we can live. This is how we can turn to the Lord. This is what the word is giving us. Which brings us to our point of application to say, Lord, we respond and apply this word that we have heard by tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Peter says, Look, now that you've experienced this, you crave this pure spiritual milk. You continue to desire it. You continue to long for it. By the way, you give a newborn baby something that it doesn't like, it'll make it very, the baby will make very clear that it doesn't like it, right? So when it keeps wanting the milk, it's because, oh, there's a, there's a, a desire for it. There's a liking for it. And so the baby has tasted and seen that this milk is good. And wants it. Peter says, when we do this, when we crave the pure spiritual milk of the word of God, when we crave the presence of God, when we crave the truth of God, oh, you can taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, when Peter says that, he's quoting Psalm 34, verse 8. Right? He's quoting right from Psalm 34, verse 8. But as we've noted before, when a reference is made anytime in the, in the Bible, so for example, there are multiple times in the New Testament where a reference is made to something from the Old Testament, from the prophets, from the Psalms, from you know, Genesis, whatever it may be. And almost always, it is simply a shorthand. It is simply a pointer to get the reader or the listener to pay attention to the whole passage that was there from the Old Testament, right? It's not just one line taken out of context. It's to say, go and read the whole thing or understand the whole thing. When Jesus is on the cross, he's quoting scripture and pointing to that whole psalm, Psalm 22. When all of these statements are made, when, when, when Peter refers to uh, the prophecy of Joel being fulfilled, he's pointing them back. And the people would have understood that this is a much broader message that's being given. So here when he says... Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The hearers, the listeners, the, the, the readers would have said, oh, he's, he's referring to Psalm 34. And so it is beneficial for us to read that whole psalm. Listen to the whole of Psalm 34. It's a psalm of David when he was being, when he was on the run from his own son. Right? His own son is hunting him down and he is on the run. He is being slandered, he's being attacked, he's being all sorts of stuff are coming against him. But in Psalm 34, listen to what he says, because it so aptly captures what Peter is referring to here. Psalm 34 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. 
Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, who live in reverent awe and reverent fear of the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions, not of the wicked, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Oh, isn't that glorious? Isn't that wonderful? Whenever you're feeling down, whenever you have some situation that's coming against you, when you don't know how you can go on, when everything seems against you, your own family, whatever it may be, have turned, go and read these words. Read these Psalms. Let the word of God come back to you again and again and again. David had tasted and seen that the Lord was good. He saw that, Lord, I can trust you no matter what. And even though I'm in the middle of this affliction, this persecution, this difficulty, this, this burden, all of these attacks, whatever it may be, I will look to you and say, the Lord is gracious. The Lord delivers me from all he doesn't say from most. He doesn't say from 99% of them. He doesn't say except from my family members. He says from all, all my fears, all my troubles, all my things, my Lord delivers me. That's the promise that the Lord has. That's the experience that we have. That's the testimony we bear with one another. And we say, oh, I know that you're going through this tough time. I know that there is a real difficulty here. But stay strong in the Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on him. You will not be ashamed. He will strengthen you. He will deliver you from all your fears. He will give you what is necessary to go through this shadow of the valley of death. He is with you. He can be tasted and seen that he is good. Oh, I want to encourage you, church, that you would receive the gift of salvation.
that you would continue to live out that salvation and be sanctified in him, that you would be looking for the consummation of your salvation by preparing for his coming, but that you would spend time in the word, that you would crave his word. The challenge that we had in the church even to spend some quiet time every day, find time to just spend in the word, to pray, to sing, to worship, to devote yourself to the Lord and to say, Lord God, you are all that I need all that I need. And as we do that, oh Lord God, I will obey you. I will turn to you. I will participate in the ways that you have asked me to. The two ordinances that the Lord commanded for us to be baptized in water and to participate in the Lord's Supper. Oh Lord God, I, I look forward to doing that. I, I look to, to respond to your word into my life. And as I do that, Oh, Lord God, I will put aside all the things of my past ignorance, and I will live in reverent awe and fear, and I will love earnestly. That is the call that we have to holiness. That is the call that we have to crave spiritual milk and to live by it. That is the call that the Lord will make real in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that, Lord, you have given us a wonderful nourishment we don't lack for any good thing. And Lord, when you nourish us, you do it with the pure spiritual milk of your word, of yourself, so that, Lord, there is nothing lacking in it. Lord God, we pray that we may grow as we consume, Lord, what you have provided. And as we grow, we pray that we will mature in all areas of life, and that, Lord, our trust for you, our dependence on you, our looking to you alone will increase, not decrease. Lord, let our progress be evident to all. Let those that meet us today, Lord, see that there has been change and progress from when they saw us some time before. And Lord, when they see us a year from now, Lord, let them say, oh, clearly, the Lord is at work in your life. And then... Lord, as we bear testimony that we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, help us, Lord, to share this truth, this love, this life, this pure spiritual milk with others so that newborn babies all over, all around us, will also be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, Lord God, we pray. Lord, help us. Help us, grant us grace to share, to share with others so that indeed you are made known. Oh, Lord God, hallelujah. Lord, so many people around us, malnourished, dying of hunger, newborn babies that are dying. Lord God, help us to get the milk to them. Help us to show them. Help us, Lord, to reach them. And once they've tasted and seen that you're good, oh, Lord, let them continue to crave you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.